Welcome to Six in the Mix. A band of brothers talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Join us on our journey. Welcome to episode 31 of Six in the Mix. Again, as a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, Six in the Mix Podcast, or on our Twitter page at Six in the Mix Pod, and find our videos on YouTube. All right, gentlemen, the week that was... There's a lot that we need to talk about. A couple ideas. Doge Day. The twins slumping. Boo. The Micaiah Bryant shooting. Joe Manchin, the conservative roadblock? Question mark? Follow the science suggests the state should fully open back up. And Rob Gronkowski, world record feat. What do you guys want to chat about? My financial um, plummet. Well, yeah, let me first apologize for uh, for that. Uh, for that, I was ready game. to jump jump out my window in my office. <laughs> it was rough. So, yeah, Don, why, why don't you give us a little bit of feedback on Doge Day for those that might not be in the know? Well, Doge Doge Coin is an actual digital currency that that everybody can can uh, can invest in, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, all those all those uh, digital currencies out there right now, and. Uh, Doge Day was announced. What was that? Tuesday it was going to be on Tuesday this past Tuesday, and so I I tweeted out or tweeted I I uh, texted the guys out and asked them if they wanted to uh, jump in on the action because I didn't want them to miss out on on uh, the millions that they could potentially make. And well, Doge Day came, and let's just say it wasn't as highly anticipated as we'd hoped it would be. Kind of. That's that sounds like a hedge, Don. <laughs> Holy cow! I think dive bombed worse than a World War II bomber. Here, throw some money in, and then you're just going to see this green skyrocket, right? I'm watching all the things, and then it went from green, and they were really nice on the screen. It turned to like this muted yellow, and then it was like red for the rest of the week. I'm guessing that direction wasn't good, right? Well, you know, I, 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 man, I, I swear I had a, we had a podcast a, a while back and I explained to you guys about short selling, right? And so I, I can't believe Correct. you guys didn't short sell this, right? I mean, you guys had a, had a good short sell, right? Well, I thought, I thought you were going to do that and show us how to do that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. They don't call him the captain for nothing, do they? (laughs) (laughs) He's steering the ship, but who knows where? That's for sure. It's okay. Let me let me just quote him by saying we're in it for the long haul. In it for the long haul. So hey, we're good. We're all good. Hey, by the way, Doge does stand for Don offered great expertise (laughs) that's what it stands for so if you're all looking just go you know google that up you'll find it it's going to be green no time flat but hey we're in the game now that's it don't turn it back down nope good 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 coin pick to jump in on jeremy (laughs) that's all right hey we 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 bought several of them so we're good we're good Hey, we can go out on Mark Cuban's uh, Dallas, Dallas. Uh, what are they called? Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks. Yeah, Dallas Mavericks website. They accept Dogecoin. So, all right. 
Get some you another can get some great Dallas, tip. Dallas Mavericks Mavericks merch. I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm in that market. That's yeah, it. there you go. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> so, do you guys think uh, Joe Manchin will be uh, will be the conservative roadblock we need to preserve the filibuster? Oof. Did you guys hear his comments? What did no, he say? I didn't hear him help, this help weekend. Yeah, he got uh, he got asked if uh, if he was going to support or stand strong, and he said he said I will not vote again uh, i will not vote to uh do away with the filibuster yeah he wow. believes it's very important so he's about to get pressure ratcheted up to the nth degree but that's just interesting he he uh appears to be the maybe the the roadblock between them getting their way hmm. when so. when was that uh story out in the news matt I, I i do tend to pay attention to news items but i i didn't see that was that just I, fresh today that he i believe it that? yeah i believe yeah. it might have been on a sunday morning okay uh news yeah kind of jumped to the top for me so okay thought it was well, interesting he's he said he will do that in the past so not only i believe not only for the filibuster issue but also for the statehood issue right for puerto rico or washington dc so some of these areas where they're saying the democrats are trying to consolidate power sounds like he is representing a very conservative state, but I remember Ted Cruz back in 2020 saying you cannot count on Joe Manchin to do anything. So I hope Ted is wrong in that regard, because we are going to need some brave people who, who want to keep things intact. Yep. Cool. Anything else from the week that was, we want to chat about before we get into the, the meat of the episode. Hey, did you see that Fauci did say that, you know, wearing masks outside is now probably a, uh, uh, or wearing, not wearing masks outside is, is probably now okay. That was also in the news this, this, this today. That's great. Like, can you believe that? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I wanted to call Ethan and be like, hey, man, your kids take the, take the masks off while they're playing soccer outside. You're good now. But it's just amazing that this guy just goes on and on and on and pontificates about all these things that Americans are already common sense doing. And he says it and acts like it's going to be, you know, the gospel, like first time heard or, or done. It, it's just outstanding to me. What a guy. Maybe I'll follow his, uh, his, his picks for the stock market. Doesn't, doesn't he, I was reading something about, is he involved with Pfizer or one of these Moderna or something like that? Moderna. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. What, Moderna, Moderna is a combination of NIH and Moderna, and he's with the NIH portion of that. So he, yeah, in a sense, I, I, I think he really tries not to talk about it because of his involvement. So yeah, I had no idea until I stumbled across a, uh, an article there. So, wow. What is it? What does that tell you, Jeremy? Are you thinking there's some uh, monkey business going on that they're pushing vaccines when they don't have to be pushing vaccines? I don't know. I, I don't trust. I don't, you know, the sad news is I don't trust anybody on TV. I don't trust anybody in the media. I don't, I don't, it's not that I, I want to have that sentiment, but it's just, it's difficult for me to be able to trust something just like uh, mansion. And, you know, I hope that he, you know, stays on course or at least does what he says. Can we trust anybody to do that anymore? I don't know, but man, it's just been such a train wreck of, of events that, everybody's still tossed all over the place. I was asked three times this weekend. I wasn't wearing a mask outside and I was asked, Hey, do you have your vaccine yet? And I said, no, I haven't got it. And you know, all three, all three of the individuals that, that were talking to me were strangers. I didn't know them. 
and it was like uh, I had I had committed the the worst grave sin possible. I, I felt bad. I was like, you know, I, I'm just I'm outside. I'm not, you know. They were insinuating you should be wearing a mask because you weren't vaccinated. Yeah, I, well, that or that I just should go get vaccinated. You know that that this is available now. I should go run and do that. So, had they been no. vaccinated? Uh, they had been. So what are they worried about? That's what I said. I I said, where are you? And then, yeah. And I said, okay, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a follow-up question is, are you vaccinated? They say, yes. You say invest in Dogecoin. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just all goes together. Right. Make sure you send to my Robin hood. Account, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was looking I like for that free stock. They give me, <laughs> I'm looking for Fauci coin. I can't find it. It's gotta be coming out soon. I've I could have sworn when I thought of the Robin Hood story that Robin Hood steals from the rich to give to the poor. But in this last week, I'm thinking the captain stole from the poor to, to give to the rich. I'm, I'm not making sense of this, man. This don't make no sense. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, 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 Don, did you make profit off of the, the guys in this group who joined in? Did you get some type of commission off of that? Well, I oh. can neither confirm or deny oh, because I don't want to talk about my financials. <laughs> on, uh, guaranteed. On <laughs> you guys. That's like great. he just ordered a new deck from Tundra Land or something. <laughs> like, wait a wait a minute. Oh, it wasn't on. a deck. It wasn't a deck. It was a gazebo. Oh, <laughs> a gazebo <laughs> and, and hot tub. My, it looks like he's got a right. basketball court behind him. Yeah, what are you he talking just, about gazebo. Well, Boris <laughs> and Eugene got busy outside. Now he's got a exactly. compound underground and outside. I've got my is. compound built up strong this is this uh, this right over here is where uh i take uh, my kids and jen to school every every tuesday night yeah we head out there hit the hard top oh that's great oh good stuff what happened with 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 gronk i want to hear this story with this uh this what happened with gronk well yeah this is it's kind of like a like a dude perfect type thing but there's a guinness book of world records he set for catching a football from a height a certain height so he was down, I think, down in Texas, and they had a helicopter drop it, I believe, from about 600 feet, if I remember the story correctly. What? And he, they drop it, and then he's in the football stadium, and he's trying to catch it. He dropped the first two, but the third one he caught, and I guess set a Guinness Book of World Records. So I was thinking, man, that's something we could probably do, man. Shave, you got to know some people with helicopters. Let's let's do this, Me? man. Don owns one. What are that's you talking right. about? He's going to fly over and pick us all up. That's right. Let's hope That's his true. pilots paid better than we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, pretty wild. All right, well, that was a good wrap on the week that was. Uh, Turn it over, to Jeremy, for our first topic. All right, so we're going to launch into a little of uh, Derek Chauvin, and of course, this has been all over the news: the Der- uh, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case. Uh, really has been front and center, not just not just with you know local news there in, in Minneapolis, but really national and and, and most likely worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Tuesday, this Tuesday, April twentieth, uh, we learned of the verdict of uh, Derek Chauvin and guilty on all three counts. There was a second degree murder charge. There was a third degree murder charge, and then there was a second degree manslaughter. And uh, from my understanding is even though all those charges were um, uh, he, he, he was found guilty of, they will go to the highest level, uh, which in this case is the second degree murder charge. And then they're going to find 
the sentencing, which is going to will will come uh, later. Um, so anyway, I really don't think that this was really a surprise uh, that that these verdicts were handed out. And considering the jury had ten hours of deliberation only, and I I have never served on jury duty. I've never had that opportunity. My wife has, and she served uh, in a situation where there was a stabbing and uh, she, it was like a, a week long case. I mean, it wasn't just a, a small thing. She didn't get excused. It, it was like a week long case that she had to serve. And they, they deliberated for a long time, depending on what the, you know, what the charges would be and, and all the ones, all the counts that were against the guy. Um, so, you know, 10 hours with all of that, you know, all of that deliberation, it just seemed really quick. And again, no surprise, simultaneous to this verdict being read, there were hundreds of people outside that Minnesota courtroom. And uh, there were many in front of the, uh, the, the, I think it was Cup Foods, uh, uh, the grocery store where that actually happened, the, the, uh, the scene of the crime there. And there were just people out there in anticipation. Every news station uh, basically cut from regular programming and they tuned into the jury's decision. I mean, this was a big, big deal. And it still is. And I listened to coverage all the way home. I was driving home and uh, was not surprised at that uh, guilty verdict three times read uh, by Judge Cahill. Now, the first thing I honestly thought about after the verdict was read, and and this, this I, I guess I'm just being transparent. I really didn't think about George Floyd, although I, I did think a little bit about his family and, you know, maybe the relief that they had. But I didn't think about Derek Chauvin or his defense team or any of the lawyers or the judge even. My first thought, and, and kind of this whole time, because I didn't watch the case, I didn't watch any of the, the coverage on it or anything, I wasn't really tuned into it, although I tuned into the verdict. My first thought had everything to do with all the jurors that sat on this trial. And, and I thought, man, I was fearful for their safety, um, you know, whether it was a, a guilty or innocent charge. Um, I just, I, my, my first thought was toward them and, and how difficult it would be uh, to be in their situation. And no doubt the pressure was on them like crazy. I mean, they had, they had a monumental task to, to, um, to, to decide and this case, obviously, um, they they did not they did not um, even blink uh, at at the verdict. It seems so. Um, you know, with this with this decision that they made, um, there there are many things that have come about. And I'll just mention that the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of the 2021 that has now been crafted, which basically is legislation that has been written that would combat police. Uh, misconduct, their excessive use of force, and then uh, racial bias and other things that would be part of uh, the policing culture and trying to eradicate that. And it's not just this law that is going to be pushed. There are, there are plenty of other laws and other things, other investigations, other people uh, that are going to um, be, be asked, uh, they're going to be brought to the table because of some of the things that have been developed in this case. So the, this verdict really, in my estimation, opened the floodgates to a lot of things. And um, I, think, I think we have to be careful on how we use this. 
politicians obviously use this uh, to try and solve. They, they, they try to write laws to solve America's problems. So we're just going to write more laws. We're going to try to refine them. We're going to try to change them. And I agree. There should be laws in our country to protect and punish bad and wrong behavior. But that said, there has never been a law that has ever stopped a man or men or, or the human population from transgressing it. There will always be that person, that individual that will transgress a law that has been written. So as I talked to my wife uh, about these things, and we talked about it Tuesday with our kids, and uh, we've, we've continued to have this conversation just in private, my wife and I, and uh, she, asked, she asked this question, she, and she continues to ask this question, what will change America's problems? What will change those problems American face? And, and whether it's racism, whether it's injustice, whether it's inequality, whether it's bad cops or violence or hatred, or you name the long laundry list that we have, and I just sat for a second and I was just quiet and I thought, what will? Well, I do know. And, and it has to be that man has to see his, his fellow man and, and esteem him higher than he is. And we find this is, is in a biblical principle uh, found in, in the Gospels where we, we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And then we love our neighbor as ourself. And because we intrinsically love our own selves, usually more than anybody else, if we were to love each other more, uh, we, would, we would honor God in that way too. And so, you know, man has to see how uh, God sees man and, in, and, and use that as our, our basis, use that as a foundation. So created from a perfect image, that's what God created man as, whose goal is to love and to honor and cherish his creator and fellow man to share in the relationship with fellow men. Simply put, man must alter his heart to imitate the heart of God. And there's no other thing, no other law, nothing that will change man except if we, if we hold to that, which is interesting because that is not legislation. That is truth. And we cannot legislate uh, morality. Just not going to happen. So as much as we try, as much as we want to do that, just not going to happen. So I'm going to open it up to you guys. Uh, just your thoughts uh, on the uh, the verdict, the trial in general, if you paid attention to it a little bit more than I have. But um, just want to know your thoughts. Matt, I'm going to start with you and uh, give us what you're thinking there. Yeah, I, as I've been kind of reflecting on this, uh, you know, the very tragic situation, right? It's uh, something that's stirred up, you know, globally um, a lot of uh, emotions and, 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 and just, I mean, just raw emotion that, that you've seen and to see the pain and the hurt. And anytime you see someone, um, you know, pass away in front of your eyes, I still remember seeing the video for the first time. It was tough to, it was certainly very, very difficult to watch that first time. Um, and, and I think, it's so tough because what we're seeing in a lot of these cases is a rush to judgment on, you know, some of the more recent shootings as well. Like we see something and we just know it's, it it must be this way. The complexity of these things is significant and it's just so hard when there is so much like injustice in the world. And there are people who don't hold their positions well, whether it's a police officer or whether it's the person who's supposed to be upholding the law and they're not doing that. And then, 
you know, it's, it's that we expect everybody that's interacting with us to uphold the highest levels of the law, but are we holding ourselves to that same standard? It just, it doesn't seem that that's always the case. And so um, for me, it was just a a challenge. We we need to be very careful in in rushing to judgment because every person does deserve the due process that I think our country uh, gets very, very uh, does very well in our judicial system. It, it tries to balance that out. I, I think, I think the trial would have been better not served in Minneapolis. I think Jeremy, to your point, those jurors, what, what, what they got put under, and you even heard, I think the uh, one of the alternate jurors share, she was physically, I mean, she was scared. I, I, would oh, yeah. we not all have to wrestle with that and be scared if I give I'm tell- Yeah. I'm telling you when I, I had to think, you know, honestly, am, am I going to just convict this guy and, and throw a guilty verdict no matter what? Because I know if I were the one that didn't, regardless of the evidence, whatever the evidence said, and, and I didn't watch the trial. So I, I, and I know, you know, there's, there's, there's people on both sides of this aisle, but mm-hmm. just, just strictly looking for my family's safety, mm-hmm. guilty, because I'm thinking I, it, it's going to ruin my, not only my life, it's going to ruin, you know, what a scary place to be. My goodness. That yeah. is, it's just nuts. But that's, you know, that's our, our judicial system is set up. So it would have been helpful if you had people that weren't necessarily in the hotbed of, of the, of the actual incident, um, having to judge that. But, um, you know, hopefully it's something that, and I think, you know, with the guilty verdicts, you, you saw some relief of the people that were really crying out for those guilty verdicts in, in a sense. I mean, you know, was there wrongdoing on both sides? I believe there was, you know, to what level we can argue that. But, you know, can can this be something to where we could truly actually try to work together and work on that? Because uh, for every different shade of skin that we have, we do we do have certain biases and, and a certain amount of racism in our in our hearts, because that's our, our hearts apart from, you know, being being like in heaven and truly transformed, truly renewed. There's always that that inkling. That's different. I, I don't know what that's like. And, you know, it's uh, it's easy to hide behind you know, what, what is similar, but I think, uh, you know, God's kingdom is built up of, of all races, tribes, tongues, and nations. And so, uh, it, it is imperative that we interact with that as difficult as it is. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a challenging situation. So yeah. Don, how about you? Well, yeah, it was, uh, I followed the case pretty closely. Um, and I know that the last podcast I said, I would be, uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say he'd get, uh, the manslaughter charge and uh, not charged with the two murder charges. Um, obviously, that being said, I obviously, uh, I said, I condoned or I, 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 you know, I said that if he had a fair trial, I would be, you know, if he had a fair, tra- if he had a chance at a fair trial. Now, I think it doesn't do us any, you know, real great service of saying whether he got a fair trial or not. I mean, what these jurors had to go through I can't even imagine putting myself in that place, yeah. knowing that if I was to say one no to any one of these three charges uh, that he wasn't guilty, there was a good chance. I mean, I would be putting my family's life in danger and not only myself, but that's of course I'm thinking of my family. And I just, I just can't, you know, imagine having to be put in that position, um, you know, and, but if if we look at the charges this is what i keep thinking about and and i and i and i hate it when i i just don't like it when people are are jumping to the conclusion as soon as they see that as soon as they see that video of course it looks awful it doesn't look right it, we all we all, it all 
it all disturbs us. But if we look at the charges at what they brought forth were second degree murder and third degree murder, which those two charges are very severe. I mean, we're talking at least 40, 40 years or 25 years each. Um, and these charges, the second degree charge or second degree murder charge has to um, prove that the, the state had to prove without beyond reasonable doubt that Chauvin was committing an attempted felony or attempting an, a felony while he was on top of um, George Floyd that caused his death. I mean, there's reasonable doubt there. I just don't see any way, you know, for that particular charge to be, you know, to be fully, you know, vindicated. And then the third degree charge, the third degree charge was, was, was thrown out originally. The judge didn't want that charge included in this case, but for, for whatever reason, they put it back in and a third degree murder charge doesn't need because the, the judge said it didn't even apply. And if you look at a third degree murder charge, according to the statute in Minnesota, they're all different in different states. But for Minnesota, it includes a caveat called a depraved heart murder or a depraved heart. And basically what that is, is if you shoot a gun into a crowd and somebody gets killed, you know, you're, you're not picking out somebody. um, Completely random. Completely random. Well, that, of course, that's why they threw it out because it didn't apply to this case. But for whatever reason it did, they changed their mind and put it in. Now, the cynic in me says they put it in because they knew that they could get, get it to go through and be, he, he'd be charged with it. Now the manslaughter charge, I think that's the only one I think that they really could prove that he was guilty of, which is, you know, um, negligence, um, beyond, beyond an unreasonable risk being caused on the, uh, on the, on the victim. So, I mean, I think, you know, that I think could be, could be charged. And it's not that I think Chauvin is guilty of nothing. I mean, I think he is guilty of, of, of manslaughter. I think he is guilty of something, but for whatever reason, I just don't see these charges being, you know, for what they were as being proved beyond reasonable doubt. And that's what kind of scares me in this. And I'm going to accept the outcome. I accept the outcome. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. They, they charge them. But what scares me is the mob uh, rule mentality is because if this is the route we're going down, I mean, you know, so it's going to so be that's, hard. That's why my, I think that's where my mind went to those, those jurors is yeah. because I, I'm not looking at the case objectively. I'm looking at all the other parameters that are out there and you're right. So if that is, if that is, is what justice is going to look like today, is there going to, are, will there be real fair trials at all? And, and can, can the mob then completely sway a jury, a judge, anybody else to that discretion? We even had politicians weighing in, including President uh, Biden, who, who was saying things um, prior to that. And I know that the jury was told, do not look, you know, watch the news, do not, you know, pay attention to any of that. And I'm not suggesting that they did at all. But man, they, that, those comments fired up the nation, that's for sure, uh, <laughs> brought heat all over the place. Yeah, and what Maxine Waters did, just, oh. I mean, that really, really ticked me off. Because how dare that woman come down to Brooklyn Center and incite those words, and use those words to incite that much. Um, I mean, she was, I mean, if it, it, I, she was brought down there for a reason. And that was, I think, to say exactly what she said. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, and that was intentionally to put 
pressure on this case because she's she went through it i mean it and how dare she come down here and and come into somebody's are you know close to my neighborhood and say and and say those words and then just get on jump on a plane and leave and and pos- with the possibility of that of that city of the of our our of the twin cities just going down and up in fire in flames because of those words if they would have found one of those charges as, as not guilty and one other point I don't want to belabor this anymore, but one other point I want to make is, is it's hard for me to see these uh, crimes being committed. And as a Christian, we're supposed to be compassionate. We're supposed to show compassion. We're supposed to, you know, be the ones out there that are, are um, showing love and everything like that. And it's hard when we get put into this position with these types of cases, because they automatically go and put us on the defensive. You know, we can't say, oh, man, I really feel sorry for, you know, uh, Dante uh, Wright. I really feel sorry for, you know, what he did. Um, Why did he have to, you know, why did he have to resist arrest? And then I feel sorry for the woman that she made the mistake of of possibly pulling the taser. No, it automatically goes to a racist argument and automatically puts us on the defensive of saying, no, 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 we're if we disagree with that, with that theory, then we're automatically racist. And so, you know, we get into this, into this, there's no, there's no room for us to argue or debate or have discussions about these cases and show compassion because we're automatically as a Christian put or anybody putting, putting on it in a, in a, in a completely separate category of having to argue these things in, and in, in a sense, defend truth. It just, it's just hard. It's hard to watch. Good thoughts for sure. Um, Ryan, I'm going to throw it to you. First of all, I don't know if the jury got it right or wrong. I, I did not follow the case that closely. Um, I didn't hear the evidence. Certainly Chauvin acted, what he did was totally inappropriate. I, I keep wondering though, I, I've heard that's how they are trained to uh, keep people in custody when they cannot be put in the car. And so I, I'm, I'm curious if that came out in, in the court case, if that type of uh, hold to have the knee on, on the back of the neck. And I'm curious to know if Chauvin, Chauvin, excuse me, um, in his thought process said, you know, I've heard Floyd in the car say he can't breathe. And I'm hearing him say that now. And it didn't make a difference. He was just going to go with what he was trained to do so those are questions i have uh, again he should he should face discipline i don't know what the level is i, I was not involved with the case um ter- as matt said it's just a terrible video to watch terribly tragic the other thing and don alluded to this is just this i don't think it came out in the case at all if, if you followed it more closely than i did let me know but i i don't think anything about race was mentioned during the hearing and yet what happened to our country <laughs> i mean I don't know about where you work, but where I work, uh, we are intensely focused on race right now, hyper intensely focused on race. Now, no doubt racism exists. I don't argue with that, but I feel like everybody who's white now is under attack to some degree that we have some racial animosity in us. And and that bothers me. It really does. And um, I say every one of us should look internally to see, do we have racial tendencies that I hope as Christians, we don't, right? There is no Jew. There is no Greek. We are all, we are all the same in the eyes of God and through the work of Christ. So 
I'm trying to find that balance. And, and the fact that there was a guy that was going around interviewing people outside, just waiting for the verdict to come down. Um, and he's, he was interviewing these, these black folks and they were these, the lies that they were believing that thousands of blacks each year get killed by police. The fact that there's a genocide going on right now, admitting we're going to burn this place down if, if we don't get the right verdict. I mean, you think about the power of lies. Uh, you, you can go back to Hitler and you, you can see the destruction they have. And so I, I know a few weeks ago in one of our podcasts, I said, one of my hopes for this year is that truth comes out. And I'm still, I'm still hoping for that, even though I feel like as weeks and days go on, it, it seems more hopeless because so many people are caught up in lies. And um, that's, that's Satan, right? The, 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 the father of lies, the prince of the power of the year. So we, we need revival. Uh, Jeremy, like you said earlier, we do have the answer. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be the gospel that changes people. Ben round us out with your thought. Yeah. So I, I did watch a fair amount of the trial um, over the the course of the the days it was on. And, you know, the part that gets to me. um, So I I watched the afternoon when all of the police officers body cam footage was put into evidence. And so they would show the whole 10 to 12, 14 minutes, depends which officer it was from the time they approached uh, the car where, where George Floyd was in the vehicle, got him out of the vehicle, went through the whole process. And just those first several minutes, there was a lot of um, commotion, noise, things going on. And, uh, you know, they, they were having trouble off and on through that time. Uh, you know, I mean, George Floyd was a, a big, strong guy. And, and then, in stark contrast, the last couple minutes of every single police officer's body camera footage was just eerie silence. Like when they put in Chauvin's, it seems, and I don't know a ton about body cameras, but it seems like the audio they must pick up must be fairly close range. They're not, they don't pick up everything. So like Chauvin, um, you know, there were some bystanders there who were, who were, talking to him during those last few minutes, but especially the, the other police officers who were kind of behind the vehicle, there just was no sound. You know, you, you stopped hearing George Floyd's voice. You stopped hearing any commotion. You just stopped hearing. And it just was so that it, it got to me. I can, I I've been on a jury once and it can, and it was a much, obviously a much different type of case and, and just a few days long and a totally different sort of circumstance. But I, I can just try to imagine a little bit being those jurors sitting there and watching this. For, it lasts about an hour and a half between all the different police officer camera footage that they had ev- into, wit- into evidence. And it, everyone kind of went through the same you know, seven, eight, nine minutes of a lot going on. And then the last few, couple of minutes just just nothing. And it, you know, it's like you watch it long enough and the last couple, I'm like, okay, obviously I know what's coming here, but I almost start talking back to the TV. Like somebody just get off of that guy and try to do something. Don't let it happen again. It's like, it just the psych, the psychology of it. You know, I think potentially that, you know, that was part of the, um, you know, the plan there for entering it into evidence that way, but it just got to me and I I can still kind of feel some of those emotions several days later from that. So, yeah, I I think um, it it was, you know, it's a horrible situation, but that, that particular detail of the trial is really what got to me. And I, 
I don't know. I, I can't see into the heart of what a individual does. I can only see into my own um, thoughts and motivations, but um, yeah, just tragic. And, you know, we've talked a bit about the uh, media coverage and politicians and those kind of things. And the only way that I personally feel like I can try to combat some of that is those that kind of circle of influence that we all have, right? We have our friends, we have our acquaintances, we have those that we can build relationships with. And that, that's the only way that I feel like I can try to um, come back from some of that national influence or, or things that media, things that get into people's lives is we, we've got to have those relationships and, and try to show that love of Christ the, the best we can in, in those circles, circles of influence that we have. And, and, you know, there, there's tons more to, to happen, right? The other officers have to go on trial now. I even saw one of the um, defense witnesses was a, a medical examiner, and now they're going to go back and review all of his cases during his whole career because he had said that Officer Chauvin didn't directly impact the death of George Floyd. So now they've kind of called into question basically his whole career. You know, I mean, there's a ton that's going to happen still. And I just think of all the influence, all the people that will be impacted, all the things to come yet. And, and like I said, kind of what can we do? How can we try to, to sort through it and still have some influence in places we can and, and show that love of Christ the best we can. And that, like Ryan said, we're all created in God's image. We all need to show that compassion and love for each other. But um, yeah, that, the, yeah, kind of rambling there, but those are some of the, the thoughts that have come to me over the last several days. Quick, I got a quick question for Don. Uh, I think you had mentioned last podcast that your daughter at school, they were having a planned walkout for, for things related to that. Can you just give us an update? How did that go? Because I think she was planning on not participating in that. If you're willing to share on that, I'd just be curious. Yeah. All the schools in Minnesota did a walkout or tried to do a planned walkout. And um, she uh, did not partake in the walkout. Um, She thought for one, it was during her favorite class. And two, she thought it was disrespectful to the teacher to just get up and walk out. Um, she also um, mentioned some other things that I don't want to get into, but um, um, yeah, it, it it happened, but thankfully, you know, they did it. It wasn't a big deal. If, if she, there are a number of kids in her class that didn't go, didn't walk out um, and it didn't seem to have any blowback or anything like that if you didn't leave. So that was good to hear. So. It is good. I, you know, to, to wrap this all up again, you know, to Ben's comment, I do think the floodgates are going to start to wide, widen open. And um, with all the investigations, all the trickle down effect, the things that will take place because of this decision uh, and some rightly so probably some that are going to be mismanaged and used, you know, in, in ways that aren't supposed to be, but then it goes back to the point again, there, there is no human being that has ever lived a perfect life and can. And so, there has to be, there has to be a standard of truth somewhere. And if every man rewrites truth, if every man rewrites his script the way he wants it to be read, we are going to have nothing but chaos. We, we can expect to have that constantly. 
So, you know, I'm thankful that Ben, your thought was, you know, our sphere of influence and our relationships and I'm right along, I'm right along with you. I, I think that is true. Um, I, I think we do the best we can um, by sharing Christ's love and enjoying relationships with whoever it is in our neighborhood, whoever it is or in our workplace uh, or with students or whatever the case may be, um, and to make them feel comfortable, welcomed, and uh, loved uh, because of how we see that person uh, made in the image of God. And so with that, um, we'll, uh, we'll let this discussion go to rest for now. Um, our listeners probably have a lot of things to weigh in. And if you want to, go ahead, drop comments and let us know uh, your thoughts. And maybe there's some things with the case that you were able to watch that we, we didn't. Uh, you could give us uh, some information or apprise us of, of that. We'd be uh, happy to hear that. Now we're going to turn it over. We're going to do our uh, initials game and we're going to turn it over to Don. So let's go. Man, we got to get Jeremy off the schneid here. <laughs> this is this Jeremy's uh, Jeremy's time. <laughs> it's like the only two points I've ever gotten. It's awesome. <laughs> Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. <laughs> Pretty sure I gave two answers that were correct, just to um, you know help help other people out yesterday or uh, last Sunday. So. I'm good for something. I'm good for giving those, uh, you know, those wrong answers so people can get them right. So I contribute, I contribute to the team. Well, the initials game tally so far is I think Ben has got, is it now, is it Ben has th- four or, th- or, or is it three? I, we have a, we have a lost episode. I think is that, did, did we count that one that. Oh, we, we do have. have a lost episode. <laughs> I, I don't have a tally. Sorry. Intrigue. So uh, I think we're going to list Ben as officially as three, Ryan officially as three. Well, then I definitely have four. (laughs) I'm not tied with Ryan. Guaranteed. There's no way. (laughs) And we got, we got, we got, we got Ethan as with one. So here we go. We're going to do it up again here. Our initials for tonight are F. T F T. All right, boys, here we go. Item number one, clue number one. Born on February 3rd, 1940, in Richmond, Virginia. Clue number two. Inducted into the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame in 1977. Clue number three. Drafted in the third round of the 1961 NFL draft. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Fran Tarkenton. That is correct. Good old Fran. And I wish I could have w- remember watching him play because I, I think he he was 
he had his one of it when it was big big year in 75 one of his last years i think it was hmm. when he retired did you guys know this when he retired from the nfl uh i can't remember when it was 77 or 78 or something he retired from the nfl with them with with a with career records in pass attempts, completions, yardage, touchdowns, rushing yards by a quarterback. Wow. I did not and know wins, that. And wins by a starting quarterback. It's crazy. Wow. That's amazing. That's a... And yet the Vikes couldn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not like we had a defense, Don. Come on. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right so ryan ryan on the board with one open us up all right here we go item number two clue number one there are more than 40 species of these in the world clue number two native to north and central america europe asia and northern africa three can grow anywhere between 30 and 236 feet tall jeremy at i got jeremy got jeremy go ahead jeremy Uh, i'm gonna say a fir tree that my friend is correct oh jeremy matt was that your answer yep yeah that was mine all right all right, we got Ryan with one and Jeremy with one. That's kind of good to say. <laughs> All right, item number three, clue number one. Patented in 1721 by Richard Newsham. Clue number two. On average, can cost five hundred thousand dollars to one million dollars. Clue number three: Knox Automobile in Springfield, Massachusetts, created the first modern form of this. Jeremy. Jeremy, go ahead. Freight train. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. <laughs> Clue number four. A pyro lance hose can often be seen attached to this. Matt. Oh, my goodness. Come on. I think I heard Matt. Is that, did I hear Matt? Yeah, yeah you're darn right you did. <laughs> that would be fire truck. That is correct. Yes. I knew it was a heavy automobile by or some piece of equipment. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like at first you said like oh automobile like Ford Taurus. I'm like that doesn't cost five five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> hey, didn't didn't Ebes have a Ford Taurus? Yeah, he did. didn't he have a Ford Taurus? We had oh, a Ford yeah. Taurus growing up. I love yep. that blue car. <laughs> All right, so we got Matt with one, Jeremy with one, and Ryan with one. Here we go. Item number four, clue number one. First introduced in the in 1993 by the NFL. 93 NFL. Clue number two. 
Only allowed one per team. Matt. Go ahead, Matt. That'd be the franchise tag. That, my friend, is correct. Oh, my. Wow. Yes. Wow. That was unbelievable. Man, I was thinking it was later than that. All right, and that's a wrap on episode 31. <laughs> yes, I'm the winner. <laughs> oh, I'm in the lead. Let's cherish this moment. All right, yep, Matt has two. Ryan has one, and mm, let's see, who is it? Ryan, Matt. Oh, Jeremy. 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 The one you want to win, Don. Yeah, I'm just not used to saying his name. I got it. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I'm invested in Dogecoin. I'll be good. Yeah. Good. All right. Item number five, clue number one. Celebrated on November 28th of each year. Number two, an alternative alternative name for this is Jeremy. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh man, I, I think I jumped in too fast. <laughs> A Festivus tree. What? what? <laughs> Come on, tell me you put a. Tell me that's it. Oh, man, I wish I would have thought of that. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> and it's a poll, too, isn't it? Isn't it a it's Festivus poll? Ah, got it. Thought maybe my Seinfeld, you know, episode. Oh. Festivus. Good. Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Let's begin back on clue number two. Let me finish clue number two. An alternative name to this is Poor Knights of Windsor. Clue number three. The earliest known reference to this was in the Epicurus, a collection of Latin recipes dating back to the first century. Clue number four. Apple, strawberry, and bananas are popular stuffings. Clue number five, a popular North American breakfast dish. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. French toast. That is correct. Wow. French toast. Oh, man. I used to work at Perkins, so I made a lot of that back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. You should have a lead on that one, huh? (laughs) What took you so long? This was your... uh, who, who knew it was celebrated on November 28th? I have yeah, no I've never heard that. Wow. That's, that's like a big day for me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, bet, I bet. Butter donut day on the 29th yeah. or what? Oh. <laughs> and every day after that. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with a butter donut with some French toast. That's, that's seven. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. So now we got Ryan with two, Matt with two, and Jeremy with one. Oh. all right item number six clue number one 81 percent of americans have had this clue number two first seen by the public in a 
Paris automobile race. Clue number three. The average person will experience five of these in their lifetime. Clue number four. Roughly 25% of people can't change this. Clue number five. May be driven up to 50 miles after this. Matt. Oh. Matt. I thought I heard Matt. What did you guys hear? I heard Matt. Sorry, Jeremy. I agree. A flat tire. That is correct. Yes. All right. Matt takes the lead back with three. Ryan with two. Jeremy with one. Item number seven. Clue number one. Premiered on September 22nd, 1982. Clue number two. Created by Gary Goldberg. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Family Ties. That is correct. Good work. Wow. Good work. You and Gary. (laughs) That was was one of our our favorite sitcoms growing up. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I watched watched that all the time. Yeah, yeah. It was was back in the good old days with sitcoms that were watchable. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right you do remind me of skippy <laughs> skippy guys remember, remember skippy did you guys unbelievable I, I didn't watch it a whole lot i gotta have to oh, look that man. up later that was a classic yeah ryan is, is classic skippy right there that's our, he's our skippy does, does matt remind you of nick <laughs> nick which is nick wasn't that uh Mallory's boyfriend is that? Oh yeah, Dick, yeah, the guy that looked like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, good times. All right, all right. So we've got uh, two each. We got two t- two way tie here with Ryan and Matt with three each. Mm. Jeremy with one. Here we go. Item number eight, clue number one. It's an its image comes from the ancient Roman god Saturn. Clue number two, companion of the Grim Reaper. Clue number three can have the attribute of a harvester's sickle. Clue number four in ancient times known as Cronus. Clue number five married to Mother Earth. Matt, Brian. Ooh, here we go. This will be interesting. Uh, Matt, I had Matt first. Jeremy, if they don't get it. 
Father time. That, my friend, is correct. Yes. Yes! Ryan, was yes. that your guess? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was right. I, I was, th- I was uh, same with me. That, was, until that last clue, I wasn't thinking because I was the grim, paired with the grim. Wow, yeah. Father compare, time dude. comes for, yeah, it comes for everybody. Time comes for everybody. Wow. Man, FT, let's do that one next week, too. I like <laughs> FT. <laughs> All right. Good job, Matthew. Wow. On the board. <sighs> Super. All right. Super. Hey, is there is there a bonus at all? Is there a bonus for uh Jeremy? Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you I'll send you some Poco pizza. I know what it is. It's financial timing. <laughs> <laughs> we got should we do the tiebreaker? <laughs> got to do the tiebreaker. That was, uh, no, I, I, we don't have to do that. You won fair and square. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get on the board again. <laughs> all right, oh, all right, all right, Ryan, take it away. Okay, this week for our calling your shot segment, I thought it would be good just to kind of catch up to see how we're all doing. Sometimes we uh, call our shots that are predictive, and. Uh, you know, I, it's not like we're all going to become professional prophets or anything, but we do know the Bible says that if you're a false prophet, you, you, you're going to get stoned. And I think that's, that's just a reminder to us not to be in last place in this competition. So let's, uh, let's take a look at how things are standing. What, what's that, Don? Wow. Wow. I didn't know this was, this was life or death here. Man. Yeah. I got to up my game now. Yeah. yeah I, I, th- I thought I'd throw that in there. So we last checked this out in January and we had, I think, up to that point, about four predictive events and kind of went through where we were all at with that. Right now, we're up to, it looks like, eight for most of us. For Ethan, who is here sometimes, he has six events that he has made a prediction on. The rest of us have had eight. So let's just go through those. So right now, we have two guys who are on the verge of getting stoned, and that would be Matt and Jeremy. I, I'm just fresh off a win, so there's no way I'm getting I'm getting over. Hey, instead of throwing coin or instead of throwing rocks, can you throw Doge coins? At yes. Us? Okay. Well, let's yes. let's lay off the Doge yeah. jokes. It's getting old. You, you you had your time. <laughs> wow. Doge has left its mark. Cheers. So yeah, Matt and Jeremy are three for eight right now. They're batting uh, three seventy five to make a lot of money in baseball. That's a Hall that. of Fame career, right? Yeah, there. That's it. good. It's pretty good. Uh, ben is four of eight. So, is, well, Ethan is three of six. So they're both batting 500. That's pretty good. And the uh, senior citizens of the group, Don and yours truly, are five out of eight. Mm. And we're batting 625. So maybe with age, um, you're able to predict things, but I don't know. Maybe. Does that match up with the sheet of integrity? Can I just. Yeah. Jeremy? I wish I, wish I would have, you know actually kept that because oh no (laughs) Ah, yes good choice way to rely on me jeremy that's a good choice jeremy jeremy threw that out when he bought his you didn't lose that with all your doge coin did you jeremy i'm just throwing stuff out the window it's just everything's going (laughs) amber's throwing jeremy out the window trying to pawn it to pay for some more doge coin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so yeah this is uh 
What's a Doge at right now? Tell me, somebody tell me what Doge is at. How much money? I'm, wa- I'm watching it. Just 20, <laughs> 26 cents. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. It's, yeah. Well, it's round up. Round up. It's actually 27. Round up. Well, man, it's all I'm, red still. I'm, I'm still in the red. I'm, I'm still in the money because I bought it like at 0001, I think. Good. Don's fine. And Don's <laughs> fine. Nothing to worry about. We are so happy for you, Don. Thank you. Glad to hear you're doing financially well. <laughs> and, he's, uh, and he's profiting off of you guys who, who uh, threw in this past week so good work could you spare some scraps for the table sir <laughs> please sir can i have some more <laughs> oh. Oh. so yeah anyway I, it's just kind of good to see where all that with that and you know the ncaa tournament wrapped up and not, none of us got that one right several of us mm-hmm. were on the gonzaga bandwagon so unfortunately that was an offer for the group um yeah, and I just I just quickly want to review where we're at with some of the outstanding predictions we made to see how you guys are feeling about those. So the, the first one we made in January was what's the biggest threat we face this year? And we all weighed in. Uh, several of you, let's see, so Matt, Don, Ethan all said civil war. Um, Jeremy and Ben, you both said threat to the dollar. And I said China. So our, how are we all feeling about our predictions on that one? And yeah, it's, I think we just talked about it with the, the Chauvin verdict, right? That kind of hmm. the polarizing viewpoints on that. And um, yeah, it's, it's a stark contrast, a lot of dividing lines. Yeah. It's tough. Yep. How are so, we going to measure that? How are yeah. We I was just going to say, right. what's, what's the rubric on that? Well, as objective as we can be at the end of the year, we'll just have to go back and say, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, we, I think uh, hopefully it will be a little clearer by the end of 2021, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Is anything getting clearer these days? I don't know. I don't know. We'll need Dr. Dobson on that one for sure. Right. Right. He's, he's the objective one, isn't he? Um, another one that we predicted back in February, looks like this was on the Valentine's. We didn't, did we have one on Valentine's day? We did. Um, I, I think we, we did. did. Okay. So it was, when are we going to be done masking? All right. Remember that one. So Matt, you, you had the earliest prediction spring, summer of 21. How are you feeling about that? I believe that was, uh, that was fall of 21. Ooh. I, I got you. I got you down for April of 21. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny. funny how that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was summer fall. Like it was Q3, Q4. <laughs> He has me by the end of twenty one. Yeah, he's got me with the Expos Spring. winning the World Series too. It's like you don't know. <laughs> yeah, hazy, hazy. We pick, we picked the wrong guy to keep track of this stuff. <laughs> so you, know, you you're the only one that said twenty twenty one. So we'll yeah, twenty twenty one. We'll leave it at that. Um, I, I I think we left it open, but you you may have specified maybe spring or summer, and that's why mm-hmm. I wrote it down. And then we've got uh, Ben and. Ethan and myself, we all said 2022. J- Jeremy and Don said never. How- Jeremy and Don, how are you feeling about that? It's playing out. There's there's people still masking, and they always will. Okay. Ben, you still on board with me on 2022? Yep. All right. Cool. And then the last one is World Series champs. We'll start with Matt. He said the Twins. Matt? Yeah, boy, after after the five and two start, it's been rough. But I mean, they have gone through the ringer. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping they get this all out of the way. They come to Cleveland tomorrow. So if they have like, it's just it's so pathetic. I watched the game today, and uh, 
I don't know. There, there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of life in them for whatever reason. I don't know if playing in 40 degrees, that's no fun at all, but they're not taking advantage of the, of the opportunities they've been given. And uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the group's got to get some spunk in the step for sure. So hopefully this trip to Cleveland will do it. I can tell Rocco doesn't listen to our podcast because he's still bad in Buxton. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, uh, behind uh, Cruz. <laughs> did somebody tell me what that means come on is that like am i completely off is that, I, is I tried that... i tried i mean well yeah cruz, but cruz was the best hitter last year and buxton seems like he's got a bunch of power all of a sudden so well, why do you put so much speed behind cruz I don't know. I mean, does, does Buxton get bonus points for passing him around the bases at all? Or? <laughs> he can push him. Right? Push him, yeah. <laughs> just, just give him a charge in the back. Yeah. No, I, I, I know, Don. I, I, I'd like to see Buxton first or second. But I don't oh. know. I don't know who the who was our cleanup hitter last year. Rosario. He's not even on the team. Is, is that who was our? Yeah. Snow between Snow Rosario. And- yeah, was there, was Sano out, out? What what's he got? He's got a hammy. No, he's got a hammy pull. I think. I think he's something physical. Okay. Not COVID. Everybody else is COVID. Kepler's mm-hmm. COVID. Yep. Kepler's COVID. Right. Yep. Well, we did we did face a tough team from Pittsburgh this weekend, so there is that. Every team we play is tough, <laughs> apparently. No, I, so I, I I don't know any of their players on Pittsburgh. You can't tell me they're a real team, are they? No, they're the the pitcher they trotted out there had like pitched like six innings and given up like fifteen runs. It was nuts. And and then we started off hot, like we got one run and then just petered out. Like it's I mean, we had a we had a, a triple A pitcher pitching uh for the Pirates today and, and he looked like a two or three starter in the league. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. Elena Elena told me that the uh, first three losses, she gave me the percent chance of us losing. Those first three losses. <laughs> yeah, like I saw 98%, that. Eight percent, ninety-six percent chance of losing <laughs> each of those three losses. Uh, yeah, it's it's not looking good for our friend Matt in this prediction. No, but... we're good. We're good. This is that. It, it's all in good time. Not even a month in. We're good. Yeah. Long so, time. to the Twins gear. I don't see any Twins gear. We already. <laughs> oh, <we're>, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm letting them get, feel. Don't join my train. When <laughs> you, uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm letting them feel my up my uh, my anger, so they need to, they need to feel. So again, coming to Cleveland, they're gonna. I'm, I'll pep talk them, and we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, well, the Dodgers. Uh, ben and I picked the Dodgers. They're looking good. They've had quite quite a few uh, nice battles with the Padres that Don picked. So they could come down to those two in the in the NL for sure. Jeremy, any update on the White Sox? Yeah, I, I mean, I follow, I'm following the standings now, and so I, I mean, nothing that I mean. I did watch actually some of the highlights of the Dodgers and Padres, and man, both those teams are really good. I mean, I was I was just really impressed with them. So, and I haven't seen any. Uh, I haven't been able to really see any highlights of the uh, Sox. So that doesn't bode well for me. So anyway. <laughs> Well, the pressure's on you and Matt. I mean, again, you guys yeah. got to get those percentages right. up. So yeah, we don't want to get stoned. Right. So, all right. Well, that's that's a recap on calling your shot up to date where we're at in the standings. So I'll turn it over to Ben for Feel Good Story. All right. Feel Good Story of the Week. It's been a little while um, since I've had an environmental Feel Good Story of the Week. So I thought it was time to bring one back. I know you all right. appreciate these ones the most. Yeah. Don was waiting for that, man. Yep. He's, he's on it. 
So here we go. You, I'm sure you've heard, been probably quite concerned about the uh, coral reefs and how they've been slowly dying across the, the world, really. All different coral reefs across the world. Well, there's a, some researchers in Florida who have been working uh, in the uh, coral we, excuse me, coral reefs uh, in, the, in the Caribbean, and uh, they have got some research results back showing that they can uh, stop some of the disease that's killing these coral reefs with a pretty common antibiotic. They can use amoxicillin and inject it into the, into the coral reef. They tested it in the one off of uh, the coast of Florida, and it, it shows a lot of promise that they will be able to uh, potentially use this at least against some of the diseases that are, um, have slowly been killing off some of the coral reef, specifically in the Western Hemisphere. So they are um, optimistic, hopeful that that'll work. So they're continuing to do their work there, but there could be hope for saving the coral reef um, not only around Florida, but maybe it will work on, on other diseases that are happening in other parts of the world. And we could see, uh, see some reversing of the loss of the coral reef. So that, that makes me feel good. And I think that is a, a feel good story for all of us this week. Wait, wait, time, time <laughs> can, throw, can we throw? I've, I've got a headline. I've got a headline for you. <laughs> Strep throat runs wild as amoxicillin supplies are sent down to the Caribbean to save the coral reef. Yep. We're dumping amoxicillin <laughs> into the drink. Greta to... says, <laughs> you're racist if you want your kid to get amoxicillin for strep throat. <laughs> oh, man. I think that's great news. Ben, any truth to the rumor that once those supplies run out, they're going to look at hydroxychloroquine? <laughs> Uh, that's only a rumor so far. I haven't been able to confirm. Yeah. That. yeah we tested the core reef for COVID yet. Is that, uh, is that on the next? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are being so cynical. I think this is a big deal that something is commonly manufactured as amoxicillin could save the coral reef. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll become well, a scuba diver and I'll go <laughs> take care of them. I think amoxicillin, that's that's a close neighbor to, you know, penicillin, which is the green mold that grows in our bread that, you know, spoils. I'm just wondering if we can just toss that at the coral, feed the fishies, and save the coral at the same time. Oh, no. Negative. No, no. You're I, not catching the gravity of this story, Jeremy. <laughs> come on, Jeremy. No, come on, man. I don't want gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all righty. Good, good job, Ben. Way to be well-rounded in uh, your feel-good story of the week. Uh, we're going to transition into uh, Fix Your Eyes. This is the actual final uh, final episode where we deal with sanctification. So it's been, uh, uh, in, in my mind, it's been a great, uh, great discussion, taking a look at a lot of different aspects. But I just wanted to kind of have uh, each guy share just a couple thoughts on uh, uh, their takeaways from this time that we've invested in talking about sanctification. And uh, the order that we'll go in is Ryan, Ben, Don, Jeremy, and then I'll, I'll, I'll close it out. So yeah, guys, what, uh, what, what kind of stood out to you? What are a couple thoughts you may want to share? Um, what you take away from the sanctification discussion? Start with you, Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's been really a good discussion. I know we, in doing this podcast, it's, it's great to catch up with friends, of course. Um, but the fact that we're all believers and have this common connection of faith and be able to share with each other um, 
differences, um, similarities we, we have as we view this topic of sanctification has really been encouraging to me. And Matt, I just want to thank you for giving us some some guidance each week uh, as as we kind of separate the elements of sanctification out. I, I mean, we, we sure didn't cover the whole gamut by any means, but I, I think the, the questions you challenged us with to dive into a passage more, what, how do we view this passage? How does it play out in our lives? And even recently, um, the, the common question of, can a Christian lose a salvation? Have you ever had doubts about uh, your own salvation? And then what do you, what do you turn to? So it's, it's not only been great to, to hear uh, the questions we've been charged with, but then to hear from each one of you um, how, how you viewed it. Cause I, I think we've all given different responses almost every time. I mean, there, there are some common themes here and there, but it's just, it's just great to hear um, struggles we all deal with um, things that work for us in our own lives. And, and like I said, just being able to get into the word and understand, I think one of the very first questions Matt asked us to consider is um, how do, how do you view um, a successful Christian life? What, what does a successful Christian life look like to you? And um, yeah, it's a good question. One we probably had not asked ourselves or we don't ask ourselves on a daily basis, but boy, that really, if you can dwell on that, I think that really pushes a person to to head that head that way in their lives. And um, Don, I appreciate your recent reminder of the importance of grace in the Christian life. Uh, certainly, it 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 guides us. Uh, if if we're not resting on grace, we're tempted to swing over to more works, and that's a dangerous place to be. And so, for me, it's just been a rich journey. Uh, these several weeks we've looked at sanctification. Um, because we, we so often just focus on the point of salvation. Okay, when, when did I come to a realization that I'm a sinner, I need Christ, and boom, we can many times go back to that point and say, okay, that's when I was saved. But how often are we thinking and focusing on the daily walk and keeping in step with the Spirit? And so just having that um, on our weekly calendar at the forefront of my mind has been a, a huge blessing to me. So Matt, thank you for the topic, and thank you guys for um, what you've all shared. I've, I really enjoyed this, this part. And I hope the people that listen to our podcast um, ha- have gleaned from that too. And, and as Jeremy said earlier, if you have, it, you've had a thought come to mind that, that we haven't identified with, please, please share with us because we're all in this journey together. Those of us who claim the name of Christ. So. Yeah. Good. Thanks, Ryan. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I, I echo a lot of what Ryan said. I, it has been it's been a great few weeks that we've been able to spend on this topic. One, a couple of things that come back to my mind. Uh, one of the things Jeremy said uh, a few weeks ago about just that thought of th- that it's a continual process and we're all, you know, we, we all need to strive to finish well as we continue to get older and mature and do all those things. We don't want to get to a point where we, you know, just throw it into cruise control, but to just keep pressing forward and, and desiring to to do um, you know to follow more closely after after God um, that thought I've uh, come back to often and then one of the things that Ethan shared um, also during this time he he talked about the three calls and I, I wrote it down and I, I kind of keep it with me on my desk because I, I like it a lot it said uh, and I think he maybe got it from a, a book or a, a sermon he had heard but you know when we talked about um, sin specifically and some of that he said you call it sin 
and you call it forgiven and you call for help from God to help you overcome it. And I, I really liked that. It was a, a good way to, to encapsulate it. Um, and just, I guess, lastly, you know, we've talked off and on about the, um, you know, it's kind of, there, there's a couple parts to this, right? We're, we're fleeing sin or we're trying to limit or reduce or with God's help, you know, push sin out of our life. But then we're trying to fill up our life with all the things that God is calling us to do. And so I thought I'd share one more verse um, that we didn't go over during this time, but it really speaks to that topic um, in Second Timothy. So, you know, First and Second Timothy are, are books that Paul wrote to Timothy, a, a younger person getting into the ministry and trying to give him some direction and guidance and, and how to be um, ministering in the way God wanted him to. And in Second Timothy 2, verse 22, it says, flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And I think even, you know, so it talks about you flee that sin, you fill up your life with the things God wants you to fill your life up with. And then the last phrase there just echoes right on what Ryan was saying. You're doing that along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You're not doing it on your own by yourself. You need to, you know, have people around you that can help, um, you know, be accountable to and, and help you along the way. Um, so, yeah, I really like that verse. And I thought it kind of summed up the push the bad stuff out, get the good stuff and do it with some people who are like-minded to you. I think those are some great, great ways to get that done. Yeah. Nice, Ben. Great, great summation. Don, how about you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just this, these last couple of weeks going through sanctification has really, you know, made me more aware of what sanctification means and how it applies to my life. And I appreciate Matt, uh, you, uh, you leading this and, and, um, you know, it's helped me in my, in my journey. Um, just thinking about it as I've taken my doge for a walk, I can, uh, I can hear, I can, <laughs> I can think about it and, and, and see how it just has such a, you know, such an impact on everything I do in my life. Um, you know, I'm, as we, we go about our journey, um, I'm reminded that, you know, that, we're all going to have those hills and our valleys and, and it's, we are going to face some, you know, really, really great days where, you know, where we're on top of that mountain, but we're in, when we're in that valley, um, those are some dark, dark days. And definitely we, um, at least I know I've, I've been there at some of those dark, dark days. And um, there's a song that I, I keep thinking about. And especially when we were been talking about sanctification, um, and it's by uh, Torrin Wells. I don't know if you guys know who Torrin Wells is. He's a, but um, he he also was started the group Royal Taylor. I don't know if you guys heard man, that 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 group is amazing. My kids cued me in on that one. But you guys look up Royal Taylor; they are amazing. They only have like yeah. one CD or two CDs out, but then Torrin Wells branched off and did his own solo thing, and he was part of that group. But um, he wrote a song probably overplayed on all the Christian radio stations, God of the Hills and Valleys, but uh, just want to read that the chorus of that song. It says on the mountains, I will bow my life to the one who set me there in the Valley. I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there when I'm standing on the mountain aft didn't get there on my own. When I'm walking through the Valley end, no, I am not alone. You're a God of the Hills and Valleys. Hmm. Well, that's, it's a great, great, uh, great thoughts there, Don. 
Jeremy, how about you? Yeah, so the culmination of all these things I, I have really pondered and, and used in, in some of my devotional life and maybe my, my med- meditating and just kind of thinking. And uh, you know, often one of my escapes is to go out to either mow the yard or to uh, work in the garden, uh, cut wood, just some, some mindless things where it's just kind of repetitive and you get to see a, a, a product as soon as you're done. Uh, because oftentimes in my line of work, you don't get to see a product in, in one day. Um, shaping lives, especially young people, it just, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a seed in the ground. It is not usually um, displayed. One thing that Don said that has just rung in my head and my heart, and I'm just very grateful for, um, and, and Don's kind of uh, bringing it to light, is the fact that grace is, is not just available, it's, it's a notion that cannot be um, even fathomed. And it, it caused, causes me to think and caused me to think that I don't have to be afraid of my sin in that I, I, I can run to confess it. I can own it. And I don't have to worry about trying to hide it. I don't have to have the Adam and Eve complex of, you know, just you do something and you just, it's just there and uh, I find that the more I, I sin or the more I keep those things private, um, the, the, the blacker and the worse off my heart is and just less, um, I don't know, just, just less fertile to hear God's word and hear his truth and hear his voice. It just becomes very callous very quickly. And so um, just knowing that we have oceans of grace to come to run to, which, which gives us the opportunity to confess our sin. Uh, because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I'm thankful for that. And then um, the other thing that uh, just comes to mind, honestly, is the fact that um, when, when I am actively seeking um, to grow in my sanctification, um, that means I have to put effort and time into it, just like exercise, just like anything that I want to see succeed in my life. And I can truly tell when I don't do that, uh, what happens to my heart and my mind and um, where my tendencies lead me as a man. And I'm very thankful that um, God has gifted me with men, uh, friends, um, a wife and a family who stands right there beside me and almost in a, a silent, but yet very, very um, uh, important way pushes me to stay in line and to, to honor God with every decision I make. And so I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends, for you guys, um, my church, and, and all those things that God puts in place to keep our sanctification set on him. And so it's, it, it's been a blessing. Yeah, that's great. I, I appreciate hearing uh, all those things. This has been a, um, certainly a journey, I think, for all of us. You know, certainly for me, I, I brought it up just because I wanted to hear some thoughts from uh, some of the guys I respect and uh, appreciate the most and that you guys certainly did not uh, disappoint. In fact, you've, you've carried it further than I you know, could have thought to just different, different ways we interacted. Uh, a couple of the biggest takeaways for me. Um, the first one is just the importance of scripture on a regular basis. And I think I appreciated the way, and I think, was it Ryan that you alluded it to, you know, we, we would take maybe a passage of scripture, a concept, but we tried to always shape it around a, a passage of scripture for the most part. Uh, but just the different perspectives, the different angles that people were coming at it from, and that just helped, it helped 
exposit the the passage. Uh, I think it helped us see it in maybe in a different light that uh, we've only heard from our, our favorite preacher or perhaps how we've interacted with it. But to hear uh, us going back and forth on that was uh, was really important. And just the the importance of being in the Word on that constant basis is great. And then the second part, and it's hand in hand with it, is it's the community, uh, the importance of having a community where you regularly hear and interact with those scriptural truths. And um, you know, I've appreciated obviously the podcast from just that perspective and sharing that, but I'll just share, share something. Um, we had a, we had a, a friend from college. Um, I don't know, this was probably a couple episodes ago, reach out to us and just thank us that he reached out on, on Facebook messenger, uh, and, and just tell everybody, you guys can do that too. If you want to just share stuff with, with us as a group and maybe not post it on Facebook for everybody to see, but, uh, he reached out and just said, thank you. He was, he was dealing with some things and, um, us interacting with uh, a topic on sanctification really helped him. And he, he reached out and it was just, it was very touching. I think to a lot of us, um, every one of us, um, to see that, Hey, us just sharing those things can help others, which is really what it's all about. Um, that's, that's why we're doing this. Yeah, obviously we have a lot of fun doing it, but um, if we can encourage ourselves and then encourage a couple more people on the way, man, that's that's what it's all about. And so, um, uh, a passage uh, or just some verses I wanted to share from Hebrews three as we close out, and then I've got a song I'm actually going to uh, play and have us just consider. I think it's a great uh, a great song. But in, in Hebrews uh, three, it's actually we're going to read. I'm just going to read verses twelve and thirteen, and then go back to one um, because I think it encapsulates some good stuff. So Hebrews three. I'm starting in verse 12. Uh, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as, as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And then going back up to verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. And I think that fits well. This, this section is uh, of the podcast is called Fix Your Eyes. And I think, uh, I think uh, appreciate all your guys' help in doing that. I think, I think we've done that uh, in the sanctification episode. So I teased this out maybe a couple episodes ago when we talked about favorite modern hymn, but uh, the song, Oh Great God. So um, I'm going to queue up uh, just kind of a video of that just got the lyrics on it, but uh, just hope uh, – ourselves and anybody who's hearing that uh, really takes uh, takes these words to heart. Uh, It's a prayer, a prayer to God to help us in this walk of faith, um, help us live in the gospel each and every day. And uh, I hope it's a blessing to you. Oh, great God of highest heaven. Occupy my lowly heart Own it all and reign supreme Conquer every rebel power Let no vice or sin remain That resists your holy war You have loved and purchased me Make me yours forevermore I was blinded by my sin Had no ears to hear your voice Did not know your love within Had no taste for heaven's joys Then your spirit gave me Gospel of 
sun gave me endless hope and peace. Yes, you did. That's dependent on your grace. Keep my heart and guard my soul from the evils that I face. You are worthy to be praised with my every thought and deed. Oh, great God of highest heaven, glorify your That's a wrap on episode 31 on this, the 25th day of April, year of our Lord, 2021. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.